All right, guys, welcome to our March Madness Spectacular. God, uh, it's so nice to say that. It's so nice to have a tournament. Uh, we were talking about that before we started recording. So um, if you haven't seen, like, Taylor is not with us. His power went out right before we started recording. Um, we're going to chalk that up to shit happens, and we're going to move forward. So I got my guys with me, uh, my, so two of my good friends in the college basketball world, guys who have played in the NCAA tournaments. So they have unique perspectives of what that stretch is like. And uh, let's go ahead and introduce the panel. Let's start with my man, my pal, Brad Redford, who Brad and I were together in a lot of arenas this year, but because we had to be so spaced out, we got very little chance to say hi to each other this year. It was really weird. Very, very little interaction, but happy to be on and, and talking a little March Madness here. Yeah, absolutely. And then another guy who I have not done a pod with in three years, so long overdue, uh, former University of Cincinnati great, Parade All-American. Mr. Melvin Levitt. Melvin, how you doing, man? Welcome back. It's been too long since I've had you on a show. I'm sulking right now, but I'm, I'm excited to be here, a part of this uh, opportunity, man, to get the face out there, man, get the name out there, and hang out with Brad again, man. I haven't seen Brad since our little <laughs> take down there at Nipper Stadium, which... I, I, I had a blast doing that. That was, was, that was more than a couple of years ago, I think now. Yeah, yeah, that was a hit, man. I'm going to tell you, um, it, it may not have been a hit with a lot of other people, but my mom thought it was the greatest thing that she's ever watched. Awesome. Um, you were definitely a hit to her uh, with your comedy. Um, <laughs> hey, thank you. I'll take it. Just kind of ad-libbed it. You know, and I had to go back and watch it a couple of times, man. It was it was shot very nicely, man. The cinematography, the color, all that good stuff, man. We did a good job on that, man. We need to come back and, and do some little, little stuff like that, man, coming up here this summer. Well, and we had our helicopter commercial, too. You know, the take the take flight. You know, we had our 50-second <laughs> promo, though. The take flight promo was kind of money. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Yeah. We, we got to get back on that, man. I'm telling you, bridging the gap like that was awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. It. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm stoked to be working with you guys again. Like I said, it's been too long for the three of us, apparently. I totally forgot you guys, totally forgot you guys did that for TBT and kind of had that as well. So uh, let's kind of jump through. Before we get into the current bracket, I kind of want to pick your guys' brains a little bit on what life is like playing in the NCAA tournament. I know, Brad, you know, I've talked to you 20 million times about your experiences playing in the Sweet 16. Uh, Melvin, obviously, your freshman year, you were on a UC team that played in the Elite Eight. Played at Rupp Arena, so you actually had a pretty cool, cool like home crowd in your Elite Eight run. Um, and so, kind of like what that that day's like as a player, especially you know you guys not to age either of you. So please don't. Take, actually, I'm older than Brad, so I can't say that. Not to age Melvin by any means, but you guys played in different eras. Yeah. So like yeah. things are different. You know, obviously the right. game was different. I don't think I don't think it was probably too much too different in a sense when it came to preparation. True. Okay. It's it's, it's locked down. All right. As a, as a player, you have no time to yourself. You know, everything is regimented. You know, I mean, it's a business type of trip. You got films, you got walkthroughs, you know, you got, you know, your time is, is very, again, taken up by the responsibility of being in the tournament and getting ready to play. Um, don't have a lot of time for the hoopla. You know, you don't get a chance to really enjoy um, what's really going on around you you know, with the tournament, because again, once you hit that floor, you know, it's, it's go time. And, and when, win and go home, man, is, is on the line, you know, again, it's not too many smiles unless you're winning afterwards. 
what's really cool about for your guys' situations is, and you know, Brad, I know obviously one year at Xavier, you guys missed the tournament. You unfortunately also had a year you were out to injury, but you guys with your tenure in college, you know, when you guys were in the tournament, you guys didn't have to watch Selection Sunday wondering if you guys were in. Um, you know, Melvin, you were on a team that was a one seed, you know, so you guys played on these really good teams. So when you go into Selection Sunday and you know you're in, is that like a sigh of relief? Or are you still like, okay, this is great. We're in, but we still have no clue who we're playing. What is that? What is that day like as a player? I mean, I think, you know, if you have a team that is expected to have your name called, it's, you know, it's kind of business as usual. Like it's obviously extremely exciting, but you know that you have a job to do. So, I mean, it's, it's a blast. It's fun. It's the reason why you go to schools like Xavier and Cincinnati any of your top level schools, but you know, it's business selection Sunday comes, you get your matchup. And then you know, you're thinking at first about tickets and who's going to come to the game. And then it's, it's worrying about your next opponent. And that first game always brings up a little bit of stress because you don't want to get in the tournament be a team expected to win. Right. Um, you know, I know with our teams, we expected to win multiple games. So that first game, I feel like, you know, there's a little bit more anxiety. And then I felt like after each game, it's just, you get more and more comfortable. Um, and, you know, in many ways, the end of the year for, you know, the teams that I've been on that had really good chemistry and were really good teams, like we were on autopilot. We, we were rolling after that first half, of the first game, like, you know, the teams that are, are you know, going to make a run in the tournament, you're going to see it in that second half of the first game. And then, man, I just, I just had, you know, I had fun. It was the last time playing with some of those older players and, you try to take advantage of the moment, but you can't have any fear. I mean, you got to go in, you got to do your job. Um, and, you know, you're trying to survive and just keep that momentum going. Yeah, that's Selection Sunday, man. Um, usually came with a practice, you know, or something like that. Yeah. If it wasn't, you know, playing, you know, in a conference tournament or something like that, or the night before or finishing a conference tournament the night before. Uh, but then it was, you know, obviously we got together, we either got Penn Station or, Montgomery in, we just kind of sat around and watched. Obviously, as you said, it was kind of very comfortable to know that, you know, you were going to be selected, but it was then the whole anxiety of, okay, where are they going to send us? All right, because you can be stuck in some weird places, playing some games where you possibly don't get a lot of fans. And a couple of draws, you know, we got sent, you know, to some places where we didn't get a chance to get draws like we wanted. Um, the anxiety of that game, the first game, as Brad said, was added to that. Um, you know, it's business like again, you're finding out who you're going to play, and it's probably somebody you have you know you have any idea about. You may have seen some highlights on ESPN or something like that, but you don't know about the team. So, you know, you really have to lock in and, and really get yourself, you know, really motivated and 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 in your mind state, uh, in the right mind state, obviously, to get ready to go compete. Yeah, and I think for you, for you guys too, um, one of the cool things about both of you guys is you guys had like, at one point when you guys were in the tournament, when you guys were on the team, you both played with that guy at the time who was the best player in the country. Brad, you know, your sophomore year, you had Jordan Crawford with that last half from January on. No one could, no one could stop him from scoring. He was unbelievable. You know, obviously, Melvin, you played a couple of years with Kenyon Martin, who ended up being the first pick in the draft. And so, like, for you guys also, what's it like having that ammo? Because, you know, Melvin, you guys, you mean, you play with Kenny Satterfield, Stokes, Man, tons of you dudes. What, look, I, I say it all the time, but um, I was a spoiled brat. And I don't mean, like, brat as in, you know, a bad kid or whatever. I mean, just kind of like in the sense of just saying that word. Because you know what? We were in it every year. 
All right. We had, as you just got ready to mention, some of the top talent. So being surrounded, you know, with these guys, man, and, and knowing that you got a Danny Fortson here on the right, you know, that you can throw that ball down into that's going to get you a bucket, you know, at any time. You know, you're playing with a Kenyon Martin who's defensively just a monster, you know, a Pete Michael who's a who's a winner, you know, just just obvious, a complete winner. All they do did was win games through junior college and in college. And then, you know, you got guys like Steve Logan, who's the ultimate competitor. Um, I can go along, along the line, but again, as in saying that again, I was spoiled because again, I never, we have never had to wonder. I never had to wonder again, you know, again, if we were going to make the tournament for one, but then whether or not, if we were going to go out and perform now, you know, we had some second round outstings, you know, my, you know, three years or actually, yeah, my three years of my career, uh, some bad tastes, on some last second shot type things. Um, but again, my process, man, I, I, I was very happy. You know, I wanted to finish a little bit better, you know, possibly going a little deeper. But when I look at the grand scope of my career, you know, how it began at UC, all the things that I had to endure in the process, growing up, playing with the guys I played with, national TV audience every game almost, you know, I, I couldn't complain, you know, and it was a part of a lot of wins too, man. We got Brad back here. Perfect. So let me ask one quick thing before we kind of get into everything else. So Melvin, like you kind of mentioned like all the guys you played with. So your elite eight year was your freshman year. Yes. Um, you guys, you know, you weren't playing a whole lot because Huggins was pretty well known for, he didn't throw hug freshman guys out there, but your sweet 16 game at Lexington at Rupp arena you beat Georgia Tech with Stephon Marbury. I was curious because, you know, like I said, you weren't playing a whole lot at the time. You were a freshman. Yes. Were you the guy on scout team that was pretending to be Stephon Marbury for that game? No, we had a couple guys that that played that role. Um, Terrence Davis, uh, lefty, uh, real crafty individual at the guard position, um, played that role a little bit. I tried to play that role a little bit. Um, I just stood out and shot it deep, like, you know, Stefan would come across and just pull from deep. But, you know, we did a great job on him, man, defensively. Damon Flint um, being six foot five, but almost seven foot with his wingspan, you know, was able to kind of keep the reins down on Stefan a little bit. I remember uh, Eddie Alisma, you know, on the inside, you know, against Danny a little bit, you know, we were able to kind of you know, throw a net around uh, Stefan a little bit and got us through that game. But I remember playing a little bit, you know, in that action. Remember sniffing the floor, and in that tournament game, and, and that was my only Sweet Sixteen experience. And I know Brad, you've had it. It was the best smell. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, I, I can remember what it smelled like, man. Like out there on the floor at that time. I mean, it was it was a different scene the first round game in the in the second round game if you're going back to how the mm -hmm. old format was those first two games are totally different mm -hmm. yeah I you agree. get to that third game man getting that sweet 16 that third game in the old format you couldn't beat it i mean the atmosphere was so crazy was so thick and we're playing at rupp arena as as uh my man alluded to tim um we got half the city there, you know, it's filled. And it was just an unbelievable feeling, man. I remember doing a, um, a 
a round off backflip after the game, running past the cheerleaders. And they all just kind of stopped and looked at me like, what is this guy doing? What's wrong with him? <laughs> I, you know, so I, I, it was perfect form and everything, man. I, I tucked it. You know what I'm saying? I stuck the landing, everything, man. It was, it was perfect. And Brad, like we said, so you played in three Sweet 16s. Mm-hmm. Um, you played in one of the greatest college basketball games of all time. Um, you well, know, yeah, probably had unfortunately lost that game, but you yes. did, yes. It, but was a, it was the best game I've probably been a part of, but but we did, we fell a little short. So let's kind of go like you got, like you guys mentioned, those first two weeks are so different. What is so you guys win round one? So let's say, you know, Brad, that year, even you guys beat a really good Minnesota team round one. You know, two days later, you're playing a team you lost to the year before in the tournament. Mm-hmm. what is that preparation like in that case? Is that something where you see like, cause you know, if you win, you know, you get a week to prepare for the next team. But in this case, you know, you're like, how do you quickly turn around and have a game plan for that next game two days later? I mean, the way that we always prep, like we would, we would usually only prep two days prior to playing the game anyway. So like we're, we're always used to kind of a quick turnaround of scouting, figuring out personnel and then figuring out what their actions look like. And, you know, one thing at Xavier, I know that we always preach, you know, and I played under Coach Miller and Coach Mack was just, it's more about, you know, do what we do. It was, so like, I feel like throughout the season, it was just, it was all about more about us than, you know, obviously we need to know personnel, we need to know how to guard actions, but it's more about us like going out and executing what we do. And if we do that, you know, better than who we're playing, then we're going to come out on top. And so like, it, it is a quick turnaround, but you know, you're kind of used throughout the year, like you get two days and you snap right into it. So like immediately after you win round one, you go back to the hotel and you're doing player personnel that night. And then the next day you're going to go through actions uh, when you have your one hour shoot around. So, I mean, that time frame, although it does seem quick in a tournament format, it isn't that much different to what you do during the season. And kind of what to what Melvin said is after you win that round two game and you're coming back for the next weekend, that is like, the best feeling because when you play round one and round two you know there's so many teams at that point right you come in with 64 teams but then when you're down to 16 like it feels like you're part of something so special and then you go back you know we go back to Cincinnati you were there for two or three days and just the build-up for that game um, was really like nothing I had ever been a part of and um, just you know really special moments and um, you know in the moment, I don't know if you appreciate it as much. And then looking back, you're like, wow, that was amazing that I was able to uh, play on teams of that caliber. And and from a competitive standpoint, just see where you stack, you know, not only on your team, but where you stack in, you know, some of the great teams, um, you know, as Xavier over the last couple of decades. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's cool that like, it's neat for me to get to know you guys and talk to you guys about these experiences because, it's something that most people don't get to learn. So being like talking to you guys about it and hearing what you say about it is always cool. Um, heck, you know, Brad, I know you only got a few more minutes. Should we, should we dive into the bracket? Should we talk about it a little bit? Let's jump in. All right. Let's see. So obviously the first one, let's look at the one seeds, you know, Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, um, obviously some really good teams. Gonzaga undefeated um, obviously hasn't been done since Bob Knight's Indiana team with Isaiah Thomas. You know, that challenge, you know, what they're going against is that, you know, is this a team where I don't feel like they're going to win the title. I just feel like there's just that being undefeated team is so scary. You saw a couple of years ago with that Kentucky team, 
where they were, you know, they're on the field and lost in the final four. Granted, they missed 10 free throws and lost by five. But like, just does, is that something where like, you know, do you guys, are you confident Gonzaga's going to win this? Is that something where you feel good about them because of what you've seen from them this year? Go ahead and take that, Brad. I think I lost you guys. All right. Uh, I mean, I'm all in on Gonzaga. So I think, you know, you say what you want about who they play or the fact that they're undefeated and the pressure that they might have, but just the overall talent that they have is just in my mind better than, you know, any other team in the country, which is why they're the overall number one seed. You know, if I had to compare them to like one of the top teams in the last few years, like, I don't know why no one ever brings up Villanova, but the 2018 team that won the title. Yeah. They had Brunson, they had Bridges, Spellman, DiVincenzo, Pascal, Phil Booth. This Gonzaga team, not as deep as that team, but in terms of their NBA talent, I mean, they have three legit NBA players. They have two lottery picks. And then uh, their big guy, Timmy, who's not even an NBA guy. I mean, arguably the most, you know, effective big man in all college basketball. So, you know, for me, based on the NBA, you know, level of talent, I, I think, you know, they come in with something to prove. And, yes, in the WCC, they don't play the same level of talent day in and day out. I think they've been hearing that. And at the end of the day, if you're good, you're good. You got the talent. In my mind, it doesn't matter who you're playing. I don't see anyone in that bracket that's going to bother them. They've already beaten Iowa in double digits. That Sweet 16 game, if Creighton can make it, I think Creighton can score. Obviously, if they get hot with Balak and Zigarowski, I love. I just don't see anyone in that bracket with the firepower. Um, and then Final Four-wise, you know, at that point, you got two and a half, three and a half, four. I mean, yeah, obviously, if they play Illinois or a Baylor, someone like that, they could beat them. But, man, I'm all, I'm all in on the Zags, Tim. <laughs> so, look at this region. Um, we'll, we'll go through the first-round games real quick. Uh, Gonzaga gets the winner of the Appalachian State game. Oklahoma has Missouri. Creighton has uh, California, Santa Barbara. Virginia, Ohio. USC has the winner of Wichita, Drake. Kansas, Eastern Washington. Oregon, VCU, and Iowa, Grand Canyon. Uh, when you look at these matchups, I think the sexy pick for, for an upset in that group is Ohio. Um, one, because Virginia has been through a lot of hell. They won't even be in Indianapolis till Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, you have a story like Jason Preston, who that kid is just a walking bucket. And I tend to agree. When you look at that group, is there anyone else in that group you could see potentially being an upset special? I mean, I, uh, you know, Brad said something about beating Iowa by double digits before already, but you can't count those guys out with the shooters that they have, man. And obviously having Garzilla in the middle, you know, in the (laughs) tournament, we all know the tournament game is a different game than the regular season game. You know, possessions are a little bit tighter. uh, Shots are a little bit tighter. I agree with the talent level on the Gazaga team. Um, Coach Few has done a great job the last unteen years, you know, with recruiting guys and reloading, you know, at certain positions. And overall, they do have some uh, an amazing roster. But, you know, watching teams like Iowa, you know, play this year um, and watch the Zags too a little bit. I watched Creighton, you know, I think, you know, it could be an upset. You know, it could be an upset in the later rounds, you know, if, again, if possibly, again, you know, like Brad said, Creighton gets hot shooting the basketball or, again, if the game changes a little bit later when they play against Iowa. If they got to play a slowdown, beat you up game, I think Iowa's going to do it. Frederick can stretch the floor um, as a shooter. So I I like an upset, actually. I don't like the Zags all the way through. I don't Whoa. like them all the way through. 
No, I don't, to be honest. So my sweet 16, I went Gonzaga. I went with the sexy pick. I have Ohio in the sweet 16. I think they're really good. I think they'll beat Virginia just because everything Virginia's dealing with. And they match up extremely well with Creighton. Um, you know, Creighton's obviously had like a weird stretch at the end of the year. They lost to Xavier. Um, they got beat pretty bad in the Big East Championship game. And then I kind of went chalk the rest of the way. I went USC. I went Iowa. I had Zaga beating Iowa in the Elite Eight. So. Hmm. Well, at least you got them playing Iowa. <laughs> yeah. I like the Bobcats, man. I think they're a fun team. Every time I watch them, like I know Mac basketball isn't amazing, but they're fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you guys, anything different there? Anything you guys would argue or go against? I know we already said Gonzaga and Iowa picked out. I mean, I got, I got the Zags and Iowa too. I would, Iowa, I like them offensively. They scare me a little bit on defense, but I mean, if they get rolling, I mean, they can beat anyone. I mean, the Big Ten, I've watched more Big Ten, you know, I, I watch more Big Ten, Big East and, and Horizon because I call it Northern Kentucky, yeah. but those are the two leagues I watch more than anybody else. So, Sometimes I get like the Big 12 and the, you know, Pac-12. I haven't seen as much. So I tend to lean more, you know, Big 10 this year. And then I've watched enough of Gonzaga just because I was interested and, and just, yeah. But I mean, very similar to what you have. Yeah. So we'll go to the East region real quick. We're going to talk about Brad's home state of Michigan. Uh, obviously the Wolverines being the one seed, but without Isaiah Livers. I think I have them out in the Sweet 16. Um, I think I think I have the, I have Florida State beating. I have I have Bama winning that region. Um, wow, I th- Alabama! I love Nate Oates. I think everything he's done with that roster has been awesome. It would not shock me if Nate Oates was the head coach of Indiana next year. Um, I just think he's that good of a coach. And I'm really worried about Michigan with Livers being out. I think that that changes their whole dynamic. Um, but I will admit, in that first round, I really like that Georgetown matchup with Colorado. Just the way they played through the end of the season, how well they played the Big East, it seems like Patrick Ewing is finally getting a groove there. So I do have them as a first-round win, um, and I really like I, – I just really like what Leonard Hamilton does at Florida State. Every year he has a good team. So without with how everything Michigan's dealing with, I have Florida State, Alabama. So I went – my sweet team was Michigan, Florida State, Texas, Bama. I had Florida State beating Michigan. I had Bama beating uh, Texas. And I had Alabama beating Florida State for the Final Four game. I hated this bracket. <laughs> I mean, this I'm is, not. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know how you, how you even pick this one. Cause it's like, I could literally see five of these teams in the final four. So Same. I that's really, right. And that's what I was just getting ready to allude to Brad, you know, it's a watched, brutal bracket. I, um, several years back, which, you know, I'm missing it these last couple of years, you know, usually went to the first, couple rounds of the games to check things out, you know, when they were yeah. local Columbus, Indianapolis, man. And I went and watched UConn. Mm-hmm. Guess what, man? Watching UConn's basketball team right now. Mm-hmm. At the season. They are pretty good. They are good. And they're tough. All right. So that's one, that's my sleeper of this bracket. Mm-hmm. My sleeper of that bracket is UConn. I love Michigan. Obviously, one of their top players is out, but looking at that second round game, possibly a Michigan State UConn, you know, which is a great second round game if they can get past, you know, UCLA. I'm not going to say that coach's name, but, uh, <laughs> you know, if they can get past what? that, you know, but, um, you know, I look at UConn, man. UConn, UConn can be very dangerous. So 
I look at them as being that that one that can actually pop out of that region. I mean, there's so many dangerous teams in this bracket. I mean, the LSU is an eight seed. I mean, yeah. I've watched Bonaventure play a few times. They're talented. Colorado Georgetown is a great 5-12 game. Florida State has athletes across the board. They, they're the tallest team in the country. And even though Leonard Hamilton ruptured his Achilles on the bus uh, the other day, no one else on the team did. So I, I, I have, I, I'll be honest with you, I got like four brackets and I got four different final four. <laughs> so, I mean, I would have picked Michigan if, if Livers is healthy. He's not, so that bothers me. I have Florida State in like my number one bracket. And honestly, the only reason is because I, I kind of like their path through because I like I like the UNC Greensboro game. Then they get either Colorado or Georgetown. I think they win. I think they'd give Michigan some trouble with their length. So I do have them over uh, Michigan. But I, I've gone back and forth. I got UConn in the Sweet 16 in this one. But I, for me, it's a friggin' pick them. I mean, you could roll the dice, pick whoever you want. I, I think this is the most difficult bracket if you're looking at it. Right. Yeah, not to mention UConn has Jeremy Lamb, too, in Gene's book night. He is – I saw him in person in Charleston last year when Xavier played in the Classic. I covered that double overtime game. And just seeing him in person and just how athletic he is, like, he definitely has the tendency he could potentially be a Kemba candidate in this in this region. Like, he has Kemba candidate written all over him. Um. So, and he's, I mean, he's a household name with college basketball fans, but not with everyone in the country. I mean, right. guys at that talent level, they know that they have an opportunity to become a household name. And, you know, a guy like that is definitely a guy who, you know, everyone might know him, you know, in the next three, four days. So, you know, we'll see. But those guys, they all have a chance to elevate, you know, their stock in the, in the NBA draft and, and they know it. And, you know, it's some of those guys either put on or they don't show up. So a guy like that, I would expect him to show up big time. I do too. He's just, he's too dynamic of a scorer. He, you know, he could just, he can score from all three levels. Um, he's super athletic. I saw him catch an open person one time and like, I, he was like at the three point line and caught the ball in the air. And what he was like, when he's, when he cut and I was like, Oh shit, that guy is going to be really good at basketball in the future. For sure. If you're listening, Chicago bulls, please watch that UConn game. I had to, had to make sure they knew. All right. I want to talk about the South before we get to the Midwest. This is like, so Brad said that the East is like a pick em. I feel like mm-hmm. this is a pick em. You know, Baylor's really good, um, but they have a good North Carolina team who's getting better in the second round. Um, I really like Arkansas and what Eric Musselman's done there. I like Ohio State, but I think Florida could give them fits. Um, there's, you know, Purdue is a freaking four seed here. Um, but I had to go, um, my upset here, I had to go with my guy, Pat Kelsey. I know it's pretty. It's a pretty popular one right now for that 512, but I like how Winthrop's playing a villain over the Kong Gillespie scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think Jay Wright will figure out how to at least get one. I hope. Uh, although you know, I did play for Pat Kelsey, so I you know, amazing what he's done at Winthrop, and I'm sure he's him and his squad are excited for the opportunity. I mean, I it's hard to go against Baylor. I got Baylor in one bracket. I got Ohio State in another. Um, to me, it's like I look at Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois. It feels like those three teams are yeah. your premier teams. And then you have a pack of about, you know, 15 to 18 teams that are really similar. Um, so you could go either way. I've seen more Ohio State, so I have them in the Final Four. I like Dwayne Washington Jr. I love the way he plays. Just he's got star quality. He loves the big moments. He comes up big all the time. So. I, I have Baylor, Ohio State in the Elite Eight in a really tight game. 
but Dwayne Washington Jr. making it happen and, and taking the Buckeyes to the Final Four. Mm, nice. Well, I have Baylor and Texas Tech. Oh. That's who I have. Well, because I don't like Ohio State. I'm not Ohio <laughs> State. So I'm, I'm rooting against them. Pat Kelsey is an Xavier guy, so I can't cheer for him in this game. Um, although we're bridging the gap again, Brad. Pat Kelsey, <laughs> let me get back on the camera here real quick so everybody can see my face and understand why I'm not picking Pat Kelsey in this game. Pat Kelsey in the first Skyline Chili Crosstown shootout my freshman year tackled me with about two and a half, three seconds left on the clock. Now, keep in mind, all right, I understand it's the Crosstown shootout, baby. And I understand you don't want Levitt to take one home on you. But he has not contacted me about that since. Oh. So I think it was personal. What do you think, Brad? So I didn't I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, you had to see it. it, it and was, I've never talked I've never talked to Pat Kelsey about it. Oh, uh, it was and I and I'm to, I'm totally joking but, right but, now. But I'm from, totally from joking what I heard, what I heard he from what I heard he was like that in practice of his own. Right. This, and this is what I'm saying. Was, that was what <laughs> Pat had to do. Cause what is Pat's like five, six, like a buck fifty, like <laughs> What are you gonna do? You either gotta be a pest or you can't even get on the floor. So you know, I, I, I got. I, I sent a tweet out about that, man. Um, <laughs> you know, during the the crosstown shootout rivalry time, and it was just a little funny thing, a little funny story. But the funny part about it was just how the guys on my team, Danny Fortson and several other guys, just laughed. You know, and I really understand why they were just laughing at me. But understanding now what the game really meant. You know what I mean? The crosstown shoot I really meant. That was my first yeah. opportunity being in it. Pat Kelsey knowing yeah. what that game meant for one, and then for two, being Pat Kelsey. Pat Kelsey played to the to the to the whistle blow, man, to the horn yeah. went off. You know he and he did what he did in true Kelsey fashion, man. Chased me down, gave me a nice hack. There was no foul called. I fell over the Centos uh, hoop at that time. You know what I'm saying? It was the Centos Center, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, man, it was pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah, then you then you called him a pencil neck and moved on, you know. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, it wasn't wasn't um Centos, it was the gardens, man. I'm sorry. We had we hadn't moved over to the Centos Center yet. That first game, that one was in the gardens. <laughs> what was the UC and Xavier people uh, fighting on courts, man? Jeez. Yeah, Tim, you might have to find that clip then. I I, I, I know. I've never, I'd love I, to see that clip. Do you have it? I gotta find that game. I got a lot of games in the basement, man. I'm going to go find that. I, re, I finally you, remember that game. Yeah, if you have it, that'd, that'd be funny. Send that. Oh, over. man. Please yeah, do, I mean, yeah. It was the best, man. It was like, again, he, he just walked away like he did nothing. You <laughs> know, like, it was just so it was so normal to him. You know what I mean? But again, I love Pat, man. I was just totally joking about that whole thing. But I, I got a uh, I got Texas Tech, man. Texas Tech coming up out of there. Really? I, I like that pick. I, mean, I do, I, too. I mean, I love Chris Beard, Mac McClung's talented player and another guy that you know i think ready to take on the national stage so i mean that the, there's a lot of exciting teams on that side of the bracket but hard to go against baylor but I'll, I'll, i'm taking the buckeyes yeah i took baylor beating arkansas um i think you know you mentioned a point earlier brad it's like when you have guys at the certain level 
who can take over games, just make things happen. I mean, I don't, I think Moses Mooney might be the best player in this region. I think he's the most talented guy in this region. So I think he's going to be good enough to win Arkansas some games. Um, mm-hmm. There there might be a little personal bias in there because, you know, we both covered Jalen Tate for three years. So seeing him be able to play the stage is really cool. Um, yeah. So I'll definitely be pulling for pulling, him. Pulling for him a little bit. You know what I mean? That's my man. Um, that's Jermaine Tate's son, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, Jalen can play, man. He's great. He's you know, good. Pulling, pulling for that youngster a little bit. You know, watching. I mean, it's cool to kind of see the guys. Um, I mean, you obviously see the next generation in the NBA. You know, the the sons of the fathers that played before in the NBA. So it's kind of cool to see. You know, Tate's got his son at the college level. You know, performing. You know, at a very very high level. Um, and, and getting his just due. And obviously watching Kenyon Martin Jr. Man, do his thing with the Houston Rockets. Man, that's mm-hmm. kind of crazy watching these guys' kids go at it like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think doesn't Jalen isn't Jalen's brother Jay Shante for the Rockets? Do I have that right? That could I, be I, right. You could be fact, right. I don't know. You'd have to fact check In that. Some relation, possibly. I see a couple things on on Facebook uh, in relative to them both. Um, so I'm not sure if they're brothers or not, but I think there's some relation. Yeah, I think I could be wrong there, but I, I don't think I am. So I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm not. All right, guys. Last region. The Midwest, which is like all these regions that, you know, we talked about those two regions previously, but I think this is the most stacked talent wise. Um, obviously, a really good Illinois team who if they, if you know, Goyola gets through Josh Pastner, you get a really awesome round of 32 game, probably the best game of that weekend. You have a really good Tennessee team is going to play in a good Oregon team. You have Kate Cunningham, who is, you know, right now basically penciled to be the number one pick of the NBA draft playing a good Liberty team. Um, San Diego State and Syracuse getting hot right now. Press Virginia no more for Melvin's former coach, Bob Huggins. He has a team that just straight shoots buckets with local kids like Sean McNeil and Deuce McBride. And good to see have, those Cincinnati guys, man. Yeah, exactly. And then you have a really good 7-10 with Clemson Rutgers. You have Houston and, as Brad and I have seen, the Horizon League champion Cleveland State Vikings, who have a hell of a story for everything salute, we had to redo salute, with their program. to those guys up there at Cleveland State, man. I mean, it's been a... It's been a rough ride, man, for Cleveland State University, mm-hmm. man. Um, yeah, know, I say this being a guy from Cleveland. You know, I left Cleveland, obviously, to come to another university in a, another town, another place. But, you know, I've always, you know, respected Cleveland State going back to the days of, you know, Pat Vianchik and Mouse McFadden, you know. Um, so it's great to see them, man, have some success. The program struggled for a while. Uh, I think, what was it, Gary Waters was the last coach that they had there. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, you know, did some things to kind of get it back on track, man. And so now to see them take that next step, man, and, and see what they're doing, man, it's exciting for Cleveland, I know, as as a city. But then being from there, again, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, that run won't last too long. Uh, Houston, yeah. uh, I think, is um, a really, really good basketball team. Um, they, they got a lot of guys, man, that can come at you in a lot of ways. And, and, and in the tournament, you know, having a good backcourt is key. But I think strength in numbers is another thing. And I think, you know, the Houston guys, I mean, they got a lot of kids that can play. But I got them losing, man. I got them losing to, obviously, Bob at West Virginia. I did, too. Um, for the rights to play Illinois. I haven't figured out who's going to win that Illinois-West Virginia <laughs> yet. Um, but I got – West Virginia playing against Illinois, man, in that last game to get out. I have the same thing, but I have Illinois winning just because 
Ayo Donsumu is my favorite player in the country. I think oh, he is. Okay. Hey, he's a monster. <laughs> so good. And, you know, they had Illinois has everything. You know, Kofi, Kofi Coburn has been really good. They've got plenty of good guards that they can sub in and out through the game. I just think that, like, they're so dynamic. And I'm a big Brad Under one fan, too. Um, so I took Illinois. I think Illinois-West Virginia will be a really fun game, though. Um, I just think Illinois is just going to have too much for everyone in that region, no matter how stacked it is. I agree, Tim. I'm with you. I got the uh, I like Houston. I like West Virginia, but I love Illinois. In my opinion, the second best team in the country playing right now. Coburn is just unstoppable. DeSumo is a beast. I love Frazier and my man Corbello has so much swag and flair. Yeah, and just, it does. I mean, he's he's a game changer, you know, with what he does. So, I mean, I, I love that team. Once again, though, it's, you know, I'm watching Big Ten, Big East. You know, the, those are the teams that I roll with, but I do. I love Illinois in that bracket. Yeah, I just think, like, I hate that Loyola, since they're basically a mid-major, got an eight seed because they're better than an eight seed. Like, mm-hmm. you could definitely make the case that Loyola could be a five, like, with especially how they, you know, with how much they're taking in the net and Ken Palm and things like that now, like, they're a really, really good basketball team. Um, and obviously, you know, they have the blessing of Sister Jean, who everyone loves very much in the country. Um, so... I think that that's going to be a really fun round of 32 game. Um, so Brad's already said it. You know, I guess we can kind of, we've gotten this point. Brad's taking Gonzaga to win it all. He thinks they'll have the perfect season. Um, Mel has kind of gone for the few different teams he's mentioned. He had Iowa obviously coming out of that bracket where Gonzaga's at. Um, a lot of really fun teams that we talked about. So um, I guess we'll say here, I have Illinois winning it all. I think that they're going to be Gonzaga. I just think they're just playing too good and they have everything. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. I didn't say I had Iowa coming out. I said Iowa could beat them. Oh, could beat them. Could I won't beat speak them for you. I apologize. Yeah, no, well, Gonzaga's going to make it, but they're not going to win it. I got Baylor beating Gonzaga in a national championship game. The oh. game, the game we all wanted early in the year. Yep. Yeah, I got, I got Baylor beating uh, Gonzaga in a national title. I can take that. Macy Oteague, local kid, getting the getting the title. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it would be. So, so, who do you have Gonzaga beating, Brad? Do you have him beating Illinois? Yeah, I haven't beaten Illinois. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say AO gets tournament most outstanding player. I just, I, I'm, I'm very high on AO Dunsumu, if you guys haven't noticed yet. I mean, everyone's <laughs> high on him. I mean, he's a, he's a beast. I mean, he's, he's a beast. Yeah. That whole team, they just seem to like really enjoy playing with each other. I mean, that, that Illinois group is an interesting group. But no, I mean, we all got, I mean, we're a little chalk, but hey, it's Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois. I mean, they they look heads and above everybody else. I mean, it's going to yeah. take a, 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 you know, a big effort from another team to take any of those three down. I mean, it's, it's really hard to go against those three, you know, just seeing what they're capable of. So, but I'm pumped. Uh, I think we just lost Brad, but. Um, I will say, yeah, I think one of the biggest things for me, Melvin, um, was just, you know, we talked about Kofi Coburn earlier and I know he's not the best free throw shooter, but he has that Shaquille O'Neal thing going where he gets fouled at the end of games and he still hits, seems to hit them when it matters most. So like, I, I, I just feel confident in that. Yeah, man, I like, I like the way he plays the game and, um, you know, obviously as a big guy, you want your big guy to, you know, exude a lot of force. Um, you want him to obviously clog the middle. You want him to demand attention. And he does, you know, he demands the attention when he's got the ball offensively and he demands the attention when he's in the middle playing defense um, as far as stepping up and making things happen for his group. So 
watching him play, um, again, that, that, as you said, he's been one of the mainstays, obviously, for that basketball team and why the reason they're going to probably be doing what they're going to be doing in the tournament. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, well, I know Brad, was, we already took out more time with him than he asked and he said he could do, so I'm definitely going to be oh, appreciative good. of that. Uh, Melvin, you know, like I said, it's been too long since we worked together. Um, I know that we have some some things up and coming that we haven't announced just yet. Yep. Um, but real quick, before we do sign out, um, update us on Bearcat Jam, man. How's TBT looking for 2021? Well, you know, I've been contacted, you know, by TBT asking, um, you know, hey, what's going on? They've been starting their Zoom calls. Their first one was yesterday. Um, obviously, I couldn't participate because I'm at work. Uh, so I got to get the details as to what's new and what's going on. But, you know, just to kind of give an uh, overview, you know, they're back to the 6014 format um, and they're back to the $2 million stake. Uh, so they're going back to, you know, obviously the old format and expecting to have the old format as far as 64 teams and um, looking looking forward to it, man. I haven't put out anything about it yet because I've been kind of just sitting back and and just taking it in. Mm -hmm. um, last year and the year before, got out there a little early uh, and things like that and just wanted to let things kind of now manifest themselves, let guys really make the decision on whether or not they're going to play or not. I don't want to put misinformation out there to people and have people expecting to see somebody that, you know, that said that they were going to play, but end up not coming to play, uh, but got some early hits. Um, the, the usual, uh, Coriante to Barry was the first, um, my man, Justin Jennifer got a hold of me, uh, about playing. Um, and then Octavius Ellis, you know, said he was in now I was supposed to play with plan for Jimmy V last year. Um, but they was disqualified due to a positive test. So he wasn't able to get in. So we're contacting him early a couple of weeks back. He said he's in. Uh, so, you know, just to start out, you know, we got a couple good heavy hitters coming back to the group. It's time now to put some more things out. You know, guys have been, you know, wanting to recruit other guys um, and they've been doing that in the process of themselves. Uh, Kane Broom name is out there from a couple guys. Uh, so we're going to, you know, obviously hit that bell a little bit. I'm looking at a couple guys, man, that's leaving right now. You know, I'm not sure what Keith Williams is going to do you know, with his career as far as trying to take it to the next level or how soon he's going to be getting to work. Um, but, you know, this is something, again, in the summer, we'd love to have any outgoing seniors, you know, that I want the opportunity to play, you know, at this uh, in this tournament. We'd love to take that. But, again, we're going back after, man, the normal, um, normal guys, man, that we had before uh, that we know that have been playing professionally. Uh, Farah Cobb is another hit that we have. Um, so, um, it's going to be some fresh faces again, um, but again, it's going to be the guys that are out here playing professionally right now in their respective countries. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, you know, if you need like just like a last guy on the bench, I'll throw a jersey on. I'll sit on the bench. I have. Man, I'm, I'm that last guy on the bench, man. I, again, <laughs> trying to convince those guys, man, don't don't get it twisted out here, man. I'm still able to do some things, and there won't be no roster mixed up this year if we get in this tournament. In 2018, they had a roster. I remember mixed that. Up where I wasn't able to get a uniform. Don't know how that happened. It won't happen this year. This is this is the year of 2021. This is the year of 21. You know what I'm saying? The helicopter, Melvin Levitt. So I'm coming in this TBT tournament, man. You know, wanting to play a little bit. And who knows what can happen, man. I, I may hit the I may hit the Elam ending shot or something like that. You know what I'm saying? You never know. I think that nothing would make Bearcat fans happier. Then seeing Melvin Levitt throw down one last dunk in competition. Yeah, I, I think it would be, 
it'll be pretty fitting. Again, yeah. I think it'll be it'll be fitting for this year. All right, 2021, man. This has been an awesome year so far for me, and a lot of great things happen um, for me so far. Um, I'm excited about the rest of the year and what's coming. My birthday is coming in April, turning 45, so I'm coming back wearing the full five. You know, <laughs> you know that was today, game. right? It's that was the anniversary. Huh? Today's the anniversary of I'm back, the 26-year anniversary. Okay, yeah. well, I'm coming back wearing four or five. It ain't to play games with you. You know, it's probably to maim you. If I owe you, I'm blowing you to smithereens. You know what I'm saying? This is this is the helicopter right here. You know what I'm saying? Live in the flesh. And I'm about to put something on camera right here, man, real quick. Got to shout this guy out. And since we're going, you know, on the big time, we're on the YouTube. We're on your stage right here right quick. We'll put this out here, man. Ooh, this is this is a this is a pencil, man. This is all done by pencil stencil, man. This is not a superimposed picture. This is the real deal, man. This is real art. If I can bring that in closer to you, you can see the sweat trickling off my forehead and my jaws, man. This guy did an unbelievable job, man, in capturing two of the most iconic moments. I've had at the University of Cincinnati, and obviously you see me wearing it right now, you know, with the Melvin Levitt Jumpman logo. Uh, and then that stare down before the Duke dunk, you know, that was obviously one of the greatest moments, man, in, in my, my career. And this guy, man, did a wonderful job at capturing the moment. Uh, his name is Eric. It's from Pencil Realism Art, man, out in Las Vegas. So he's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Guys, get at him. He's got some unbelievable work. As you just saw, that is Melvin Levitt, as if you just looked at him yesterday in the Bearcat uniform. So I just wanted to put that out again. It's on blast live, you know, obviously out in the in in the in the world so people can see, man. You were the first one to get that. So you know you owe me. I do owe you. You're right. You're right, for sure. <laughs> so we'll go, <laughs> we'll go ahead and wrap up the uh March Madness preview at large bid. No um, we had a lot of crazy technical difficulties to work with through tonight, but uh, you know, I, I'm always happy. I get to talk to my guys, Melvin and Brad, definitely appreciative and definitely a blessing for sure. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoy the tournament. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys are tuning in, keep an eye out. We got more things coming with the 48 minutes network. Obviously it's the best time of the year, March madness. The NBA playoffs aren't too far away. Well, I guess they kind of are in this weird year, but either way we're here and we'll talk to you all soon. Pop stuff.